What can we learn from the man who swam around Great Britain? Mere Mortalites, welcome back to another edition of the Book Reviews. Today, I want to be talking to you about the art of resilience. Let's get resilient, folks, by Roz Edgley. Book came out in 2020, and if you know anything about Ross, the individual who put together this book, I'm going to give you some context behind who Ross is. Ross is crazy. Let's put it out there, first of all. So, Ross is this individual pictured in your mind who does marathons with trees attached to his uh, his back or um, triathlons with trees as well. He's also very famous for pulling a car and doing a marathon over a crazy amount of time. So, the man is certified insane, crazy. And in this particular book, The Art of Resilience, Ross actually takes it through his adventure. I'm going to call it adventure. It's not even an a That's how crazy the attempt is. It's an adventure of going around Great Britain. Um, So, the book itself, uh, published in 2020 by Ross, and he has an earlier book, I believe, and one latest one as well. And he has a background on uh, physiology, uh, on fitness, and he himself, if you actually look at a picture of Ross and what I've just told you on Ross being this person who swam around Great Britain, you might think of him as a swimmer. No, this dude is built. So, what did he put this book together for The Art of Resilience. So, let's look at what the book actually is. So, The Art of Resilience is about resilience. Ross takes us through in this book in the way that it's laid out as a journey, as the adventure of him swimming around Great Britain. It begins from his starting point um, all the way through to the finish, back all the way around. And he takes us through on a day-by-day um, sort of breakdown, sort of chunking it up between from day one to day seven, day 15 and onwards, and basically talks about different challenges that he encountered in his adventure, the ways that he tackled it, what he was thinking, what he was eating, uh, the terrible things he experienced, but the joyful things that he experienced as well, the perspective that he managed to uh, get from it all. And that's where he draws out that the art piece of resilience. So, you know, we'll get a little bit into that in the themes of of the book. But in general, he's able to take us through um, what he was thinking and what he was experiencing. So another thing that Ross also does quite phenomenally well in this book is that at the end of each one of the, let's say, called chapters or the day's end, he also summarizes the the pieces with the learnings that actually got showcased as part of that chapter. So he's able to describe, you know, if he's talking about feral fear theory, he actually summarizes that at the end of those particular chapters to talk about, look, this is what I meant, this is what it actually is. So you can get a, a really quick little summary of what that entire chapter was like, uh, and I've I've I really enjoyed this in other books. So in Jay Shetty's um, book, Think How to Think Like a Monk, uh, a similar way is done, and I really enjoy that sort of summarization. Almost saves you from actually summarizing it as well. Um, but look, uh, unless you didn't know, and I was stated at the start of this um, little review as well. You know, Ross actually makes it all the way around, so you get to experience that that trip that he takes and what he actually learns from from it all at the end. I won't uh, spoil it for for um, me and mortalites out there. You'll have to actually read the book, but something pretty, uh, let's say, horrific, pretty uh, egregious happens to Ross, uh, both physically to himself that uh, almost disfigures him, and you know he he plays it off as it being a. Oh, you know, it just so happens. But look, if that actually happened to you, you would be freaking out. But he also had some personal issues, you know, in his family. And he had to actually 
be really resilient both mentally and physically while undertaking uh, that big journey all the way around Great Britain to finish. So the book does really well in showcasing it from Ross's perspective, how that all eventuated and unraveled. Uh, and he doesn't hold back in terms of actually showcasing how he felt uh, when he felt like quitting, when he was just trying to power on and just not care about anything else. So uh, that's that's really the book. The book's purpose is to explore uh, those arts of being resilient through the journey, through the storytelling of his time swimming around Great Britain. So on to the actual themes of the book, and there's quite a few of them, and I've picked up some that I probably gravitate towards as others that people could um, find in this because there is a lot of content here in The Art of Resilience by Ross. Um, the first one being the stoic sports science. So uh, Ross digs, and there's a lot of quotes in here around uh, Plato's, Socrates, uh, Marcus Aurelius, just that Socratic view towards being very stoic towards something. Um, so he kind of blends that in with the sports science uh, around almost sort of facing up to the the challenge, facing the fear uh, head on. And he blends that together with sports science. And a lot of the themes of this book around the art of resilience, like sports, um, the stoic sports science, the other ones are habituation of stress and the feral fear theory, um, understood psychobiological model of fatigue, yeah, the impeccable pacing, the science of a smile, controlling the controllables in the stomach of steel. So um, I want to sort of combine that into into all the one of the themes um, that sort of that he kind of points out here in the book. Uh, key being, let's talk about them, uh, smiling and eating. Uh, Ross c- correctly points out that in this particular, I call it an adventure for a reason. It was all about eating. It was all about smiling and it was all about facing the uncertainty uh, and facing you know what lay ahead of him head on, almost one step at a time. Um, and there's a lot of that, that that we can take from that. But uh, into that first one of the of the eating, it amazed me to hear that this sort of individual and Ross is very much like myself. You know, uh, built probably more of a gym goer than I would imagine myself to be a long distance swimmer or runner. And he very clearly points out throughout the book, you know, the biggest challenge that, that I've, he found doing this was just how much food he had to actually intake. So for him, the greatest challenge was just eating, you know, the, the actual putting your head down and swimming and putting in the pace. Sure, look, you got to get in your training to be doing these huge, crazy adventures. But a lot of the resilience that he found uh, as a challenge was just how much food he actually had to eat. And he actually breaks it down in the book around how much he was eating previously for, for the training section and how much he was going to go through. Uh, and look, the amount of bananas that this dude had to eat to actually complete this would be mind boggling. The other one of uh, the things, signs of smile, of smiling. And, you know, we often hear about this in other uh, sectors, you know, uh, smile, you know, if you're feeling down, just just smile. He w- was taken out in, in a similar way, um, just a science of smiling. Uh, and he, in one of the particular examples he gave was when he was, uh, you know, one aspect of swimming and his mindset would go into negative thoughts, especially some of the negative personal things that were happening. Um, and just sort of smiling and just that feeling of giving yourself uh, almost like that push of, nope, you know, I can smile even regardless of what's happening right now. And then just almost of a mental boost to getting you through. Um, all of the other items that he talked about from a, you know, the sports science and of resilience, it all comes down to almost the 
all the things that you know, but are hard to put in practice, to put in action. And I think that's what I liked about the book of The Art of Resilience because, you know, a lot of these things you might hear time and time again where, you know, to be resilient, you know, you need to be stoic, you need to not care, you need to push through, push through till the end, be courageous. And you know, it doesn't, uh, you know, even the, the super courageous people are, are fearful and, you know, you can hear all this and it can be hard to put into action. What I like about these books is that it sort of blends that in with the storytelling. So the theme of putting almost overlaying the story with those resilient points and, you know, where it actually hits uh, for him personally, uh, the book does well in putting you into those uh, those points, those perspectives and actually seeing, okay, that's how that particular resiliency tool or advice actually comes into play. Now, I know you, me immortalized probably as myself, we're not going to go around swimming Great Britain, but it does make me think, you know, the next time that I might be going for a long run and I actually read this book quite a, a long while ago and I particularly used a couple of the themes from this book uh, during my Kokoda challenge, the 96 kilometer hike like the science of smiling, like the fact that that was less a physical challenge and more an adventure of eating the right things and having the right mindset. One of the final themes I did want to point out around this book was controlling the controllables. And, you know, on the inverse side of that, not worrying about the uncontrollables. So there was, as I've mentioned before, a lot of points in this book where there was things that Ross could control for sure, but there was others like the the fact that right, you know right at the beginning of the actual swim, uh, his wetsuit was actually rubbing up against his neck so much so that it started sort of cutting into his skin up to a point that they had to do something about it because if not, his skin was just going to get absolutely uh, destroyed by the wetsuit. And this was only a couple of days in. Uh, you know, he ended, actually ended up finishing this over 150 days later. So there was no way he could actually keep on going. And, you know, the controllable there was, okay, well, we have to do something about this. Him with his ship crew were able to help out, you know, put a little collar around his neck to assist him in being able to not get too uh, scratched up by the wetsuit and allow his skin to heal. So, you know, the things you can control even sometimes doesn't feel like you can, but there's other times when it's uncontrollable. So, there was other uh, scenarios where Ross would actually swim through some dirty, dirty water because it would be super polluted and he was talking about, you know, just how terrible it would taste but you know in that circumstance it's uncontrollable sometimes you have to just put your head down and keep on going there's not much more you can control you can keep your mouth closed as much as possible um not saying that you should ignore it but there's sometimes that you've got to suck it up and go through the suffering of it and get through to the other end now my personal observations and takeaways uh of this book first just loved the way that it was laid out um, you know, I've explained a couple of stories through the actual book, but it doesn't do it justice. There is story on top of story on top of story in this book, which I really like in the sense that it can blend the story with the actual learning aspect of it. Now, whether it is jellyfish stinging uh, Ross's face, going through dirty water that's polluted and just tasting it, massive uh, seas, uh, swimming with, I think it was... Uh, dolphins and all sorts of animals. I think there was a whale in there somewhere. Uh, swimming at the top of Great Britain and going up like some crazy speeds uh, all the way to finding out some terrible news about his family and just absolutely crushing uh, miles of swimming just in, in anger and then being completely sore and not able to move. All of these things, uh, just the way that it's sold is perfect. I like that it comes from 
a written perspective of almost like another mere mortal. You know, if I was to write a book that I swam around Great Britain, this is how I would write it. Uh, he gives some examples as well on even how he came about to going and writing the book itself and act, sorry, going around Great Britain because originally that wasn't his plan. He wasn't going to go swim around Great Britain. He was actually going to do something which was you know equally impressive but not as major. I believe it was swimming around an island or between an island that he tried to do before. Uh, and he actually raised uh, this to someone in the army, someone in the British army to say, look, this is what I'm, I'm attempting to do. And it was going to be the longest, it was had some technical way, like the longest, longest swim blah, from blah, blah, blah. And it sounded just simple, right? And this particular individual just told him, uh, you know, that that's kind of sucks. Uh, why don't you swim around Great Britain? And Ross kind of like, uh, okay. Sure. So I like I like that that take of it as well, and you can see just the way that Ross is as an individual really flows through this book. Another take as well from the book is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. the The name of the art of resilience uh, initially coming into it, and I like the the details sometimes. Um, I thought, look, it's going to be. I mean, I'm expecting to have some information about resilience and maybe some uh, papers around the information. Maybe it gets really technical around, you know, sleeping and uh, gets down to the nitty gritty. But I was sort of surprised and happy that it didn't. It did talk about uh, a lot of things in the uh, physiology and maybe how your muscles actually work and the need for rest and the need for getting yourself in the right cadence and the right speed and all those sort of things, but to the level that it was enjoyable to a point where I didn't have to really think too deeply um, and it allowed the story to really, really shine through. But my absolute favorite takeaway from this book was a side story away from the main storyline. So uh, another piece in the book that Ross does excellently is he's able to put together stories within the story. So he obviously swims around Great Britain and he's talking to you about the different dates that he's going around, and the different learnings. But there's other learnings that he also refers back to from uh, different times. So obviously, uh, two years ago, five years ago, you can name it. And he's got a couple of them scattered through. But there was one particular one, so much so that it affected the way that I wrote yearly goals and directly made me realize you know, what my... 96 kilometer hike could be transformed into into the future uh, and that was the story of the okugake so i won't do it justice in telling uh, the full story obviously you can find it in in the book itself but needless to say it was the the definition of okugake now what is okugake you might uh, be asking so look the direct definition uh, for this one is the, the buddhist ascetic practice of walking along the pilgrimage course called the omeni okugakemachi Okuga Kemechi. I probably said that completely wrong. Uh, it's an 80 kilometer route uh, and it pretty much just described in the book a particular story where, you know, he, he was talking to some Buddhists around, yeah, this massive trek that they would do and they would not only just do it once, they would do it continuously on and on and on. And in this particular story, um, you know, the way they used to do it, you would have to get to a certain point of being, doing it day in, day out. Uh, and then you would get to a certain point at which you had to decide whether you would continue doing it for an extra, I think it was like 900 days or actually just stop altogether. And that particular wording of okugake, um, I took that meaning and the way that Ross takes it is like that that adventure, 
that adventure, that challenge uh, of going and doing something that's quite large. And he saw this. I, don't, don't, I wouldn't say that he saw it specifically defined as a nokugake, but he makes mention and reference to it enough that he would say that swim around Great Britain was his okugake. And I took that personally too for myself to go, okay, well, that 96-kilometer hike that I did um, not too long ago, that to me felt like, okay, that was my okugake at least for a year. And it actually positively made me think, you know, that would be awesome to actually set something like that up once a year. It doesn't have to be hiking, mate. It's definitely not going to be swimming around Great Britain, but it might be something else which is physically challenging, mentally challenging, and it actually helps you in applying all the arts of being resilient, right? It's those, that is what the Okugake is for, is for you to challenge yourself, to test the signs of smile, uh, smile uh, to control the controllables, to understand, um, apply stoic sports science, all these different things. And to me, that molded together to go, wow, that was really cool. That's a massive takeaway for me. Um, so look, if uh, what do you think I would give this book? You know, I'm, I went with seven and a half. Seven and a half, I was really, really uh, overjoyed with reading this. It had been on my list to read for a long time. I've been sitting at the pile. I've got a pile of books always just sitting there ready to go. Um, and I was really happy to get to it and uh, equally as happy when I put it down. So, me immortals, I hope you have enjoyed the book review today. That is all. One out. <laughs>